Good Monday morning to you, everybody. Pastor Paul here. Wow, August 28th, and this month has disappeared, but the hot weather has not. But nonetheless, we soldier on. So glad that you've joined us for this round of our pastoral devotionals. I usually use Monday in part just to remind us what we're doing here. So a long time ago, we would be preaching through a book of the Bible, and I would use the week after the sermon to sort of do some follow-up or clean up, you know, what are some application points or what are some things that we didn't hit in the sermon that we wish we'd had time for and et cetera, et cetera. Well, we, we, we switched that a number of months ago where we now study the passage that we're going to be preaching on that upcoming Sunday. We study that passage the week prior. And sort of the idea is that we are working through and interpreting a passage together and you're sort of getting an idea of, of how I approach a text and hopefully um, gathering some tools for yourself to be a better student of the word, to study the word. And so there's a lot of spade work, if I wanna call it that, um, in these devotional times. And so we want you to be not just a consumer of theological information, but a student of the word of God. So we are in Matthew chapter nine, and yesterday we, we preached on this passage about um, the, the forgiveness of sins and then how Matthew was called into discipleship with Jesus and invited all of his tax collector, spiritual riffraff friends. And we came to see that, that it's not the, the well, the people who think they're well spiritually who need a doctor. It's, it's, it's only those who know that they're sick, uh, who know they need grace that receive it. Well, now we turn to the next passage in line, and if you have a study Bible, it might have a little heading over this passage called A Question About Fasting. So let's see what this is all about. Let's read the passage, and let's scope this out. So now we're in Matthew chapter 9, beginning at verse 14, just four short verses. Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of untrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch tears away from the garment, and a worse tear is made. Neither is new wine put into old wine skins. If it is, the skins burst, and the wine is spilled, and the skins are destroyed." But new wine is put into fresh wine skins, and so both are preserved. Now, what I typically want to do when I come to a passage at the beginning of the week, instead of just sort of immediately jumping into it and trying to, you know, preach the sermon before the sermon, in other words, get to the application point or get to the central meaning, um, there, there's really some necessary steps that happen prior to that in biblical interpretation. And, and you've heard me describe this as a set of concentric circles where the innermost circle is the central meaning of the passage. But to get there, you have to start on the outside, the outermost circle. And that's looking at things like context. It's looking at things like what are, what are the questions that arrive from this text? What are, what are the analogies or metaphors that are used? Or what are the facts? What are the, what are the things that immediately jump out that signal to us 
that we are going to want to scope out to get to the true heart and meaning of the passage. And so there are certain passages when you read them, the, the meaning is very clear. Um, it is, the, the, the analogies are very simple, uh, comparatively so. And um, there's, there's, it's, there, there's just clarity on the front end. But there's other passages, and I'm going to put this one in the latter category, where the cookies are not put on the bottom shelf, where things are a little more obtuse, things are a little less clear. There's questions about different aspects of the passage. And I definitely want to put this passage in the category of that because it involves a whole host of things that we're not just super familiar with. And so what we want to do in these next few minutes together is sort of scope out what are the things that we're going to want to explore further and, and how are we going to explore them, okay? And then we come behind that the rest of the week picking up those pieces until we begin to distill a central meaning. Okay, so the first thing we want to note, and I, you've heard me say this before, you want to note what comes before and what comes after a passage. Well, we just talked about what came before a passage, this passage. It was Matthew having a party for his spiritual uh, riffraff friends who he wanted to introduce to Jesus. That's important because verse 14 says, then the disciples of John came to him saying, it seems that this is not just a random event that Matthew inserts here to provide a teaching about something. It seems to flow from, in some way, what's come before it. And so that word then um, connects it, right? It's, it's a narrative where in verse 13, Jesus says, For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, So, so there seems to be some connection with what's happened there and then this passage, and, and we want to know what that is. What, what's happening in the prior passage about the feast that would bring the disciples of John to ask Jesus questions about fasting, okay? So that, that's, mark that down. That's one thing we wanna, we wanna dig into. Then we wanna look at the nature of the question itself. Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? So this brings up a whole subject matter, the, the, the matter of fasting, that one, many of us are not going to be ex as exper experientially in tune with um, just because fasting is sort of a lost art or discipline in the Christian faith. Um, let's be honest, it's not at the top of our spiritual disciplines list always. Um, but so we, we, so it introduces this sort of at least relatively obscure topic. And then it talks about the practice of the Pharisees and John the Baptist. And so how were those two groups related? Um, weren't last time we heard from John, wasn't he condemning the Pharisees, this brood of vipers, but yet now John's disciples seem to be in league with the Pharisees and they're, they seem to be practicing some sort of regimen of fasting that Jesus disciples are not. And so we want to understand this John the Baptist thing. We want to understand what the, the scriptural or the rabbinical tradition of fasting was that they're referencing, all right? And then Jesus proceeds to use three metaphors that are more or less obscure to us, okay? 
And he, and he begins in verse 10, it says, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. Whoa. So wh- who is the bridegroom? Um, we, we don't use the word bridegroom. We talk about the bride and the groom. But what is the bridegroom? Who is the bridegroom? Um, who is, what, 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 what is this analogy referring to? So that would be an important piece to go back and check. What's the historical context of this? Then he uses two more um, analogies. He said, no one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. And, you know, this reminds me in the old days, growing up in the 70s, when my, I would get a hole in my jeans almost immediately after I purchased the jeans, and my mom would sew a patch. And I remember there being a, an American flag patch on my knees at different times. Well, we don't sew patches much anymore, right? Uh, things are much more disposable. People hardly even sew, um, you know, or needle and thread sew. And so, um, or at least not, not to the extent they did. So, so what is this analogy with, with the patch thing? And then finally, wineskins. Again, that's completely obscure to us. We think about vats of wine. We think about bottles of wine. But we don't really think about wine skins. Is this are these animal skins, human skins? I guess okay. And and what is again all of this? Whether it's the bridegroom, the 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 patch on the garment, the wine skins. What in the world does this have to do with fasting? Okay. And so as you can see, there is a lot to explore in this text, okay? And the place that I would begin, I think you need one or two good resources. Number one, you need a good study Bible. Um, you, the ESV study Bible, the Reformational study Bible, there's, there's, there's a lot of really great study Bibles out there. And the good thing about a study Bible is that not only does it give you the text, but it gives you cross-references. It gives you notes in the margin it will tell you about other texts to go to to learn about this particular text. And so, for example, it will, you should be able to reference in a study Bible where in the Old Testament does it talk about fasting? What was the practice of fasting? What did God um, command about fasting, et cetera, et cetera? And so that would be a good thing to begin to explore. In fact, that's part of your homework, right? Go find the places in the Old Testament where it talks about fasting, okay? Number two, um, it's also helpful to have a commentary, okay? And um, I've recommended a number to you over the years, over the months, but but I think Matthew's comment, uh, R.T. Francis' commentary on Matthew is, a, is an excellent one. There's many other good ones, but that, that that is a really good one. And it can also give you some more, what we would call historical background. Like in other words, Outside the scriptures, what was the common practice of Jews in fasting at that particular time? Okay, and they might draw from rabbinical sources, and that and that's important because oftentimes Jesus says, "You say to do this, I say to do that," not because he's changing God's word, but simply because he's correcting a mispractice or misunderstanding of the word of God. And so, those would be two good places: a study Bible, a commentary. If you don't have a commentary, it's okay. Um, and if you don't have a study Bible, you can, I think, easily access a lot of these things um, online. Now, saying all that to say, um, one thing that we're going to walk away from our, our immediate impression of this text is that while Jesus 
is clearly saying something about fasting, okay? That's the question. He has the answer. Um, and then he says, there will be a day when, although my disciples are not fasting, that they will fast. So it's clear Jesus wants to say something about fasting. But it's also clear that seemingly he's saying a lot more, okay? Um, because if he simply wanted to do a teaching on fasting, he would have done a teaching on fasting. But instead, he seems to use the topic of fasting as a springboard into larger issues. And that relates to the fact that now that Jesus has come, everything has changed. Okay. And one sort of thought to have in your mind is that um, it's not, it seems on first blush to say Jesus is not saying we should or shouldn't fast. He's just simply saying if we do, we have to think about things in a whole new way. And so that certainly applies to fasting, but it, it also encompasses all of life. And so Jesus seems to be saying, if you're going to understand this teaching on fasting, you have to understand who I am, what I've come to do, and how what my appearance on the scene changes your relationship to everything. And so we've got our work cut out for us this week. That's why we need the help of God's Holy Spirit. But I simply, in addition to this, some of these homework things I'm giving you to do, just on a personal level, just be thinking in your own heart and praying, how has Jesus changed everything for me? What, what is different in my life um, now that I have Jesus? What's different about my money? What's different about my sexuality? What's different about my vocation, my parenting, uh, being a student, being a spouse? How, how has the coming of Jesus transformed those institutions into something that they weren't before. And, um, and then let's pray for God's help this week as we unpack this passage together. Let's pray. Lord, we again thank you for this time, and we pray, Lord, that you would bless us as we dig into your word, as we do the, the, the theological spade work to, to know what you're teaching us in this passage. And then the courage, the clarity, the insight to be able to apply that to our lives. Lord, we ask these things in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.